Lord, we thank you that you are the way maker. And God, even when we even when we don't feel it, you're working. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't think, even when we don't know, even when we're in doubt, God, you're still working. So we just uh, thank you that you never stop, never stop working. Uh, we love you for that, Lord. Thank you that we serve a God that doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber, doesn't take a day off, does not go on vacation. Lord, that you never stop. You never stop working. And that's why we pause to bless you in Jesus name. Amen. And I've been just one of the songs I've been meditating with and uh, as I'm studying and meditating and just reminding myself each morning, despite what's going on, despite what the news is saying, despite what's happening in my own personal world, that God never stops, never stops, <clears throat> never stops working and just so grateful and so thankful. Uh, and you should be, too, that you serve a God even when you don't feel it. And remember, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We don't even walk by what we see. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So make a note of that. So message before the message, someone's waiting to feel it and waiting to see it. And that's not the way God operates. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. We'll talk more about that as we get into the message and meditating and having a set time uh, to meditate. Each day, five or 10 minutes. Um, again, want to thank you all that are praying and fasting and agreeing so God can just do his work as best as uh, he can in our lives and in our situation because we're doing what we are called to do and we're being obedient to the word. Want to thank you as always for your giving. Uh, those of you that give on your desktop. You just go to the website, southbayalc.com, push the giving icon and proceed accordingly. Same thing with your phone, press the three bars, southbayalc.com on your phone. Um, give accordingly. And then those of you that, that's uh, like me, that's still somewhat old fashioned in the way of giving, uh, you write a check, you make it payable to SBALC, and you can mail it to 3553 Atlantic Avenue, and that's Long Beach, California, 90807, Suite B-279. Let me say it again, make it payable to SBALC, 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. Thank you for your giving. <clears throat> Wednesday night, make a note, we've been having just a great time. Bible study, we're in 2 Samuel, we're still in chapter 22, um, David's prayer of thanksgiving, and it's, a, it's quite a long chapter. We'll finish it uh, this Wednesday night, but I want to ask you all to join in. It's just, it's, it's changing lives, it's transforming lives, which is what the Word of God does. So make a note, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, and we'll be finishing the, the chapter and really We'll be focusing in on verses uh, 30 through 31 through 51, which is the last section uh, of that chapter. And I uh, want to thank you all for sending in your prayer request, giving us the privilege of praying for you. Um, it's a privilege to pray for others, just like others prayed for, for me and for you. And uh, just thank God for those that are prayer warriors and intercessors. And then make a note as well that Jesus Christ, he's making intercessions for us now. 
praying for our obedience, praying that we would trust him, praying that we would walk according to the will of God for our life. So as you're praying for others, notice, isn't that beautiful that Christ is praying for you and I? So it's just the power of prayer. So thank you for those of you that have sent emails to Life at South Bay ALC and given us the privilege to pray for you. And one, uh, one last thing, this is for our members. It is uh, Sunday Fun Day, so this evening at five o'clock, we're gonna have a, a Sunday Fun Day via Zoom. And so if you haven't received the Zoom coordinates, reach out to your inReach leader to get the coordinates and come and we're gonna spend about 45 minutes just fellowshipping. Uh, we'll have food, fun and fellowship, uh, but you'll just have to have the food at your own house. Uh, normally when we have our, our picnic or something like that, we, have, we provide the food, but since uh, due to COVID, obviously we'll still have food, fun and fellowship, but you'll just have to have the food at your house, but the fun and the fellowship will be via Zoom and can't, can't wait to fellowship with you and I'm looking forward to it. Um, Reach out to your inReach leader and we will see you at five o'clock. Um, I do believe that is it as far as our announcements. So let's get into the word. If you would open your Bibles to uh, the book of Psalms 119 and we will start at verse 14. Um, and Lord, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. We need you. Speak to us through your word, Lord. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It illuminates the way, God. It's our foundation. It's our rock. And we thank you for that, Lord. It's our fortress. It's our shield. It's our refuge. It's everything that we need it to be. It's life. It's light. Uh, it, it leads us. It, it talks with us. It guards us. It guides us, Lord. Your word is everything. It's the blueprint. It's the it's the, it's the map. It's the it's the, the treasure map to the to the hidden treasure, which is life in Christ in paradise. Thank you for your word. It teaches us how to live, how to give, how to speak, how to love, how to forgive. It covers everything. So we're praying now that you speak to us through your word. God, we don't need opinions. We don't need suggestions. We get enough of that. We don't need a seminar, Lord. We need the word of God. We get enough of that outside of the word of God. But this morning, right now, we need the word of God. We need the word of God as a foundation for our life. Speak to our hearts. Give us revelation that leads to transformation, God. Let us apply this word to our life and see the, the power of God work in our life. We love you now, Lord. Speak now, Holy Spirit, lead and guide. Speak to your people right where they are this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I just wanna start off with a quick review. Make a note that last week uh, we were in, well, we always start in the book of Acts, that's our foundation. Acts 16, 32, when Paul and Silas gave the jailer the word. So we've been there and the word is just so extensive that, um, we know why they gave him the word, because the word is what changes lives. So last week we talked about um, Psalms 119.71, where David said it, it, it benefited him when he was afflicted, which means when he was mishandled, when he was humiliated, when he was disciplined, it benefited him uh, because it taught him to become a... a it trained and taught him to be an expert in God's word so then he could go and, and teach others. And not only that, 
it taught him, and make a note of it, this, this is our framework that, um, that through God's word for us, make a note, it's personal, through God's word, word for us, it's a, it's a prescribed task, a prescribed portion, there's an appointment, there's a prescribed limit, there's a boundary, and there's a set time within God's word for your life. Let me say it again. And, and this is what we'll be talking about this morning and, and, and be praying for it. Uh, make a note, family, and, and, and pray for this specifically. Um, God, show me what is the priest. And this, this is what comes from God's word, within God's word. That's why they gave him the jailer the word. That's why I don't have anything to give to you but the word of God, because the word of God is what changes and transforms lives. Not opinions, not thoughts, not suggestions, not conspiracy theories, but the word of God is what transforms our lives. So it's a, in, in the word of God for your life, for my life, it's a prescribed task. It's a prescribed portion. There's an appointment. There's a prescribed limit. There's a boundary and there's a set time. And until you embrace the word of God, even in the midst of your affliction and your humiliation, you'll never know what that is for your life. So that's why we're studying the word this morning. That's why they uh, that's why they gave the jailer the word, because it's what transforms life. David said that um, before I was afflicted, I was in ignorant sin. I was just buck wild doing whatever. But once <laughs> but once I was humiliated, then I start paying attention to God's word. And sometimes God, you know, has to take us to our lowest point before he can build us back up, get rid of all the garbage so he can rebuild us the way that he's uh, he's designed for us, according to the prescribed task and the prescribed limits. Um, sometimes we have to be purged. God has to to subtract some things so that he can add to our life. That's what David is saying. And so, family, just make a note. We, we, we can't. Well, you can. You can keep fighting and keep fighting God. And then you take it out on your spouse, you take it out on your kids, you blame other people. But remember, the problem is not other people. The problem is I don't want to humble myself and line up with God's word. And so I look for others to blame, like my boss or uh, society or the man or whoever, because I don't want to line up with God's word. Has nothing to do with other people, has everything to do with me and submitting and surrendering myself to the prescribed task the prescribed lim limits, the boundaries, the appointment, and the set time. God will close a door in your life because it's not the right time for you to go through it. And you're upset with people, but you got to understand God has a set time for your life. And it's okay to be humiliated. It's okay to be disciplined. It's okay to be mishandled because God is teaching you and putting you right where he wants you to be. So let's take a look at the word this morning. It can, it can explain it a lot better than I can. Um, I believe I said Psalms 119 and 114. And so within, I'll be reading verses uh, 14 through 16. So it's four things that David talks about regarding the prescribed task and portion and appointment and boundary and limits and, and set time. Meditate, respect, uh, rejoice, meditate, respect, and delight. Let me say it again. Rejoice, meditate, respect, and delight. And we pick it up and uh, Facebook family, go ahead and share the push that share button. Um, you want to share this with your family and friends. I'm telling you, you do. Um, 
is, is that good and it's that powerful. Verse 14, David says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Oh my gosh, let me say that again. David says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. David is saying he's learned how to rejoice in God's word and God's witness and God's testimony. The testimonies of, of God, he's, he said, has become more cheerful than, as, than all the riches. And remember, David was a very rich man. He was the king. And he said, when I compare it to the testimonies and the way of God, is no comparison. And he said, we should get excited about God's word, the the plan, the purpose that God has for our life, just as much as we get excited uh, about uh, making money, uh, becoming rich. Uh, and so it's, it's nothing wrong. Obviously, David was a rich man. He was a king. So it's nothing wrong with being rich. The problem is if the riches have you. Uh, the problem is if you forget about God and think that um, money is the assignment. Remember, make a note. Money's not the assignment. Money's the tool. Uh, serving God and, and your purpose in God is the assignment. Uh, so never get it mixed up. The problem comes when we think money is the assignment and then we uh, disrespect God. We disrespect each other. Uh, we, we manipulate and uh, we, we, we backbite and we stab folks in the back to get the money, which is only a tool. But when we get confused and, and, be, and make us uh, and be, make you think that it's the assignment, that's a huge problem. So I, I, I kind of broke it down. Oh, you got to write this down where it says rejoice. He said he's cheerful. So rejoice means that he's cheerful. But one word we might have overlooked is the way. All right. Verse 14, he says, uh, I have rejoiced in the way. OK, so make a note of this. This is very powerful. Uh, the way in the Hebrew, it means journey. So he said, I'm cheerful in the journey, the road, the path, the distance, the manner and the direction of God's witness, of God's testimony. Let me say it again, the way, way stands for journey. So be cheerful in your journey, right? Sometimes we're trying to get somewhere, but, but David's saying, I'm cheerful, I'm, I'm rejoicing in the journey that God has me on. The ups and downs, it speaks of the, the road, which is, it could be a winding road, but then also it says it's the, it's the path. It could be filled with ups and downs. It, then also the way means the distance, which means we got We got to go the distance. We have to endure. David said in, in all that and, and in the manner. And, and we have no control of the manner of the path. Um, that's why God told us to take it one day at a time. So, look, you got the journey. And remember, you you got he said he's, he, he's rejoicing in the journey. You got to find the joy in the journey. Wherever God has you right now, there's joy in that. Right. He said why he said because it's creating a testimony. <laughs> the road, the path, the, the journey, the manner, the distance, the direction. It's all creating a testimony for you. So he said he's rejoicing, not because the road goes up and up and down or it's it's winding or the distance. You can barely make it from day to day. He said, but it's the testimony that is creating. That I'm cheerful about. So make a note, family. Um, rejoice in the testimonies. Let me let me make sure I make this plain. Rejoice in the testimonies you have accumulated on the journey that God has you on. Let me say that again. 
I know it's not a popular message, but rejoice in the testimonies that you have accumulated on the road that God has you on. Why? Because there's a, there's a prescribed task and a prescribed portion and, and, and limits and boundaries and a set time. And you're accumulating the testimony on the journey. And David said he's rejoicing in that. Um, and he said just as much as he rejoiced in being king and becoming rich. Remember, David started off taking care of the sheep. Um, he was he was um, uh, not well known. Um, he was almost he was even forgotten. Uh, when Samuel told Jesse to bring his sons, he brought every son except for David. And then he had them all parade because God had selected one to anoint to be the king. And he said, uh, Jesse, uh, there must be some mistake. Do you have any more sons? He said, yeah, we got uh, the one who takes care of the sheep, but it couldn't be him. But God said it is him. And, and so David said is just as much as he rejoiced in becoming king and, and all the benefits of a king, the riches and, and the honor that comes with it. He said he's more, he rejoices just as much, if not even more, for what God has done and the testimonies that God has created along the journey, the road, the path, and the manner that God has set forth. And we just have to embrace that. Uh, when, when you think about uh, when you think about riches and it, the word rich means wealth and substance enough and sufficiency. And David had a lot of that. Um, and so let, let's take a quick look at Luke 12 and 15. So we understand that it's that it's not a problem being rich. It's a problem when the riches have you. Um, and so Jesus made it very clear in Luke 12 and 15. God wants us to be ambitious. God created us to be producers. God created us to be creative. So it's nothing wrong with, with uh, pursuing uh, riches. Um, but God always has to be first. And so we can't get the, the tool and the assignment mixed up. So Jesus makes it very clear in Luke 12 and 15. He said, take heed, uh, watch out and beware of being greedy. That's what covetousness means. Um, so it's OK to be prosperous, but don't be greedy. Amen. And there's a difference. Um, because society says, you know, get as much as you can. And uh, what, what is it? Get. Uh, get rich or die trying. That's totally contrary to the word of God. He says, no, no, be careful with that. It's not, it's not about accumulating stuff. And it's okay. Don't, I think I've, I've made it clear that it's okay. But we have to serve and worship God. But look what he says. He says, um, verse 15, he said unto him, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life, a person's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which they possess. So make sure your possessions don't have you. It's OK to have things, but make sure they don't have you. Then he goes on and tells a parable and I'll just I'll just read the parable. We can come back another time and and break it down. And verse 16, he said he spoke unto him a parable unto him, saying the ground of a certain rich man underlying certain because it's not all rich men, because it's been taught in the church that is if you're rich, you can't be godly. And that's not true. Um, 
And you, that's why you have to really study the word because people will say all types of things uh, about the word of God. And it amazes me. Uh, you can ask somebody, they'll tell you about the word of God and you ask them, have they read? And they say, no. <laughs> it's like, well, how are, you, how are you speaking up on something you haven't even read and you haven't studied and you haven't researched? So if you see in verse 16, it says a certain rich man. So it's not all. It's a certain one. It's just like you. You're that certain one that God's looking at. Um, God's not looking at everybody. God's looking at you. And so you can try and put people in a box and try and make excuses based, up, based upon the way someone else is living. But God's looking at you. You're certain. You're specific. Uh, you're precious to God. God's looking at you. He's looking at this certain rich man who brought forth plentiful, whose, whose uh, grand, his, his, land, his land brought forth plenty. Verse 17, he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. I got so much, what shall I do? And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build bigger and greater. And there will I store all my fruits and my goods. So nothing wrong with that. Verse 19, and I will say unto my soul, so thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take ease, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. What's missing from that equation? Giving glory to God and recognizing that God is the one that has put him in that position. Uh, it, it's like when you and I, when we retire and we got a nice little 401k and we say, now I'm going to do what I want to do. That's, that's, the, that's the wrong. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you can't do what you want to do. Uh, not as a Christian. You, you never take a vacation. Even when you go on vacation, you're not on vacation from God. You're on vacation. You're looking for an opportunity to serve God and to, to tell someone about God in the midst of your vacation. You never take a vacation from God. You never retire from God. You're always working for God until we transition. We have to be about the Great Commission until we transition. The Great Commission said, go ye therefore and teach others and make disciples and sharing with them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have to be about that great commission until we transition, even when you're on vacation, even when you've, when you've made it successfully as in the world's eyes. You can't say, I've, I've made it and I'm just gonna relax and I'm gonna take it easy now. He says, he says I'm gonna say to my soul, verse 19, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, retire, and just do your own thing and just have a good time. Verse 20, but God said unto him, you're a fool. Because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Make a note, that's what the fool says. That's the word fool and it's broken down in the word. The word says the fool says in his heart, there is no God. He said, you fool, this night shall your soul be required. This night you're transitioning and you're going to stand before God. And then all the stuff, verse 20, and then all the stuff that you have, uh, Who's, who, who are they going to belong to? Then verse 21. So he that lays up riches for himself and is not rich. So is he that lays up riches for himself and not rich towards God. We have to be rich towards God. We have to make God our God and not stuff. So for those of us, including myself, as we're on our way to, uh, to being successful, to uh, accumulating things, um, we got to make sure that they never take the place of God. And many of you I've worked in business with, we've worked on projects before. Uh, we, we've done all types of things together uh, to progress us and prosper us. And that's perfectly fine um, because God is our God. And then when you, you get things, you have to be a good steward over those things. And then you want to give back. And it's only a use your whatever you have, your your 
your, your progress, your success. Use it as a platform to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what it's about. Because as you see in, the, in that example, the man transition, the stuff stays behind. You can't take it with you. Only thing we take to heaven is other people. Okay, let's go back to Psalms uh, 119 and 14. So David says he rejoices in God's word, the, the journey, just as much as he rejoiced in becoming rich. So, so line it up, family. Give God equal time as you're being ambitious and you're doing your thing. Give God equal time. Don't forget about God on your climb to the top. Uh, you don't want to be like the fool who said there's no God. And then find out that there is one. So verse 14, it says rejoice. So be cheerful on the journey as you're accumulating your testimonies as much as you're on your journey to become rich. Verse 15, I will meditate in your precepts. Remember the precepts are the prescribed task, the portion, the appointment, the prescribed limit, the boundary, and the set time. He said he is going to meditate on the purpose that God has for his life. Listen, family, hear that. Meditate on the purpose and the plan that God has for your life as you're reading the word. And I'm going to make the suggestion now that you, um, if you don't know where to start, start with the book of Proverbs. Today's the 16th, so you read Proverbs 16. It's 31 Proverbs, so you read one a day. Find a, um, find a, a worship song, your favorite gospel or worship song. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes. Let that play as you're reading the Proverbs, as you're praying, as you're asking God to speak to your heart. And if you can do that before your first meal of the day, then you're praying and you're fasting and you're meditating and you're studying and you can do it for 10 minutes a day. It will change your life. And, and listen, um, with so much going on in the world today, family, listen to what I'm saying. With so much going on in the world today, how can you walk out of the house? How can you start your day? How can you start anything without asking God for God's wisdom to lead and guide and direct you? I don't understand. It's too much going on in the world today for me to just get up and go. I, I don't get that as, as a believer. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. I'm talking about believers now. So let me say it again. Find your favorite worship song. If you don't know where to start, start in the Proverbs. It's one for each day. So start with Proverbs 16. Start today. Um, put on that worship song five or ten minutes. Then tomorrow it's the 17th. So you go to Proverbs 17. And when the end of the month comes, the 31st or the 30th, whichever one, then you go and the first start, you go right back and you just do it. We've been doing it for years. I challenged the church maybe four years ago. And, and, and those who've taken the challenge, we're still doing it. Why? Because God speaks each and every day. You'll read chapter 16 in July. And trust me, it's, it's different. God speaks to your heart a different verse in August. That's the beauty of God's word. It's alive. It's living. And then it's leading us on that prescribed task and portion and limit and boundary and the set time. And it speaks to your heart daily. Family, I'm telling you, this is how you, you, you create a transformed life. And you're able to apply different situations because you're getting the wisdom of God. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's up to you. I can't trust God for you. I can't walk with God for you. It's personal. It's personal. Just like you said, there was a certain man, right? 
we're not talking about everybody. I'm not talking about what the world is doing. I'm not talking about what everybody in the church is doing. I'm talking about what you and I need to do. Because when we stand before God, just like that man who was transitioning, that rich man who was transitioning, he stood before God by himself and you and I. So I'm saying, get into God's word. Like David said, he, he was cheerful to get into it and to find out the prescribed task. Then he said he meditates every day on God's word. Uh, verse 15, I will meditate in your precepts, in your prescribed way. I'll meditate on your purpose. When was the last time you just spent God saying, God, speak to my heart? And you meditate on it. Meditate means to commune, to think, to ponder, uh, to consider. It also means to talk. It also means to sing and to pray. So in all those things, I'm communing with God. I'm just sitting down with God and I'm thinking about the purpose that God has for my life. I'm meditating on it. God, show me my purpose. And I'm asking God every day because I don't want to get sidetracked by the temptations, the frustrations, and the distractions. So every day I'm asking God, God, show me my purpose. I'm meditating on God's word, and I'm asking God every day, and I'm thinking, and I'm considering, and I'm communing, and I'm pondering, and I'm talking to God, and I even sing to God because it's between me and God, and I'm praying. That's what meditate means, all those things wrapped up into one. And you're asking God every day, why? Because things change in a day. And trust me, you can get distracted in a day. Before the day is out, today, before today's out, someone's going to try and distract you. Uh, the enemy, the, somebody's going to try and send you a curveball when you're expecting a fastball right down the middle. And a curveball comes. And you got to remember, you got to stop, you got to pause, you got to meditate. You got to be cheerful because of the journey that God has you on. Because you can't spell the word journey without J-O-Y. You can't spell journey without the word joy. So the joy is in the journey is what David is saying. That's why he's cheerful. And then he's got to meditate. You got to stop. You got to pause. You got to think before you speak. You got to think before you act. You got to meditate. God, is this of you? David's given us the formula of how to live a victorious Christian life. And he's went through trial and error to get there. And now we have the word. We have the blueprint. We have the map. As a kid, we always look for buried treasure in the backyard. We want to create a treasure map to find the, the hidden treasure. And here's the treasure map right here. It's called the word of God. Let me show you. Stuff. This is it. Where does it lead to? It leads to paradise with Christ. We found it. It's been sitting on the shelf all those years. Isn't somehow the enemy has us distracted and make us think that it's everywhere else but the word of God. And that's why it's so difficult to get into the word of God. I got my phone. I got my TV. I got my laptop. I got my computer. I got Zoom meetings. I got calls. So I never have time to get into the word of God and seek and find the treasures that are here that leads to life in Christ. So, family, you have to make time. You wouldn't, it will never come. You have to purposely make time, just like we purposely make time for other things. We have to purposely make time for the word of God. Start with five, 10 minutes a day and build from there. But you have to make time daily. Treasure map has been here all the time. It's mind blowing. I love God for that. That's why David said he's meditating on the on the purpose that God has for his life. And then look at verse um, verse 15. And I have respect 
unto the journey that God has me on. David says that I, I have respect for the journey. Do you have respect for, the, for God? Do you have respect for the journey that God has you on? Because he said he has respect for the way. So that means you're trusting God. And respect means to pay attention, to care for it. The journey that God has you on, pay attention to it. Care for the journey. Regard the journey. Look and see where God has taken you. He said he's meditating. First he said he's rejoicing, he's cheerful. Then he's meditating. And then he has respect for the journey. If you don't have respect for the journey, family, then you're going to create your own journey. <laughs> if you disrespect the journey that God has for you, then you're going to create your own journey. And it's not going to lead to where God wants you to be. That's why it's so important to be in the word so God can show you the journey and the set time. Otherwise, you'll disrespect God's journey for your life and you'll take it for granted. And then you'll mistreat people and, and take it out on them. But remember, remember your problem's not with people, it's with God because I'm disrespecting the journey that God has me on. I want to do my own thing. And I want to live the way I want to live. And I want to think and talk and act the way I want to. And I disrespect the journey that God has me on. And, and, as, and as a result of me disrespecting, look how it's a domino effect. Because I disrespect the, the journey that God has me on, then I disrespect the people around me. I'm, I'm rude to my spouse. Um, I'm abusive to my kids. I say things I shouldn't say. Um, my coworkers are always on my nerves. My boss, I hate my boss. I hate my job. I hate the man. I hate society. Somebody's always against me. Why? Not because they're against me, but because I've disrespected the journey that God has me on. I'm on my own journey and I'm frustrated. I, leave a, I, I live a life of frustration because I'm always fighting against God and the journey that he has me on. And I take it out on other people. I know it's not popular, but you better know that's just how it works. Because when you embrace the journey that God has you on, then you have the peace that passes all understanding and you never take it out on anyone else. It's never anybody else. It's never it's never people. And that's the problem with society now. In, in the midst of the syndemic, in the midst of the systemic sin, they're disrespecting the journey that God has for them. And you become a racist because it's the other people's fault. They don't look like you. They don't sound like you. They don't talk like you. They don't walk like you. They don't think like you. And your problem's not other people. Your problem's God because you've disrespected. You have no respect for God or the journey that God has for you. You take it out on other people and you're way out of position. You're way over here where God would have you right there. And we see the results of it every day. We see a culture and society that has disrespected the path and the journey that God has for them. And it's sad. Because if we got into the word of God and truly lived like Christians, not organ, I'm not talking organized religion and misrepresenting God because we society's done that since the beginning of time. That's what I'm talking about, the personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you and I individually being transformed, changing the world through the word of God, and spreading it, the world would change overnight. Just the two, two uh, most important commandments, says Jesus. What's, what's the two most important commandments? He said, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The world would change, turn, around, ups, turn upside down overnight. If we could just do those two simple things, but we can't because we've disrespected the path. God forgive us for 
disrespecting and fighting against you and rebelling against you. It's not society. I'm rebelling against God. I don't like this path that God has me on. I want to do my own thing. And it always creates a problem. So verse 15, he says, that's why I meditate on the precepts and I have respect unto the journey that you have for me. Family, we got to be cheerful. We got to meditate. We got to have respect for the journey that God has us on. Then verse 16, he says, I will delight myself. <laughs> then we got to have delight. He says that he takes pleasure. Look what he takes pleasure in, though. Okay, so he's rejoiced. Uh, he's meditated. He has respect for God's word. And then look, then he says, so I can take pleasure in what? The statutes. What are the statutes? So now, family, I can take pleasure in the prescribed task, prescribed portion, the appointment, the prescribed limit, boundary. And I take pleasure in the set time that God has for me because I respect the path that God has for my life. You got to love it. Look what he also says at the end of that uh, verse. And I will not forget your word. Mm. See, when you don't have respect for the path that God has you on, then you forget the word and you start creating your own word and you create your own way. Look at that. Put a star by verse 16. And, and you can add that to one of your meditation scriptures. God, I will delight myself in the purpose you have for my life. And I will not forget your word for the word forget in the Hebrew means to become to ignore or to become oblivious. Isn't that something? God's word has become oblivious to some folks. You know, God's word. No, nah, I don't know. What does the Bible? Say? I have no idea. How, if you don't know what the Bible says, how do you know what what's the path that God has for your life? You don't. He says, I will not forget. Underline that word, forget. Don't forget God's word. And don't forget God's way that he has for your life. Let's go to um, Psalms 119.93. Make a note as we're passing to, one nine, to uh, Psalms 119.93 and Psalms 119.89. Just make a note. It already talks about how God's word has been established in heaven. That's why it's so, so powerful. It's, it's not going to change. So the path and the plan that God has for your life, you can disrespect it your whole life. And you can live a life of frustration, but it's not going to change. And then you'll die and you live a defeated life and a frustrated life because God's word is not going to change. Our heart needs to change, not God's word. Psalms 119.93. Mm. Here's David says, I will never forget your word for with them you have quickened me. He says, make a note, family. I mean, this is this is just really good stuff. David says, I will never ignore your word. Your, I will never ignore the prescribed task, <laughs> prescription, portion, appointment, limit, boundary and set time. I'll never forget it, God. So how do, how do we make it practical? Pastor, make this practical. Okay. Every day that I get up, every day that I'm walking, every day that I'm thinking, I got to remember every day that I get up. There, when I wake up tomorrow, 
I got to remember God has a set time for me. He has a, a set limit. It's an appointment that I need to make. It's a prescribed task. It's a purpose that God has for me. Every day when I wake up, I'm reminded. I'll never forget that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. And I'm meditating and I'm asking God and I'm respecting God. And I'm respecting the path that he has me on. That's why I walk by faith and not by sight, because I'm not supposed to see it. I'm not supposed to know. That's why I'm depending on God 100 percent. Now, I wake up every day. I don't forget. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care what's going on in your life. The ups and downs, the highs and the lows. You can't forget in the midst of it. God has a purpose and plan for your life. We can't forget that. And sometimes as Christians, we just want to we just want to celebrate the good times. Um, and then when the, when the tough times come, uh, we want to forget God's word. You know, and, and then we start saying things like I wrote it down. Um, um, then, then we start um, saying things like. Um, uh, I don't want to hear a bunch of scripture right now. <laughs> but so you want to forget the when things are going well, you, you blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. But then when it gets tough, I, I don't want to hear the word right now. How can you forget? Family, we got to do so much better than that. We, when do you practice? When, when do you put into use what you've practiced? Right? It's just like those of you that are athletes out there and you, you play ball and you practice all day and you never play a game. No, that's not true. At some point, you got to play the game. Musicians, you, you stay in your, 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 your garage and you, you play your horns and you do. At some point, you got to get on stage. And you, as Christians, we read the word, we're all huddled up at home and we're praising the Lord, got our words. And then at some point, you got to get out and you're going to be tested. And the only way to gain patience is by being patient and being tested in the midst of patience. You can't forget the word. I don't, I don't want to, I know what the word says. I remember talking to a pastor one time and he was having some issues and it's a group of pastors and we're talking to him and we're sharing and I don't need a bunch of scripture right now. What do you mean? That's exactly what you need. How is it even at the leadership level we want to turn it on and off that we can only rejoice with God when things are going well and praise the Lord and I'm highly favored and God is good. But then when it gets tough, I don't need a bunch of, what else do we say? I wrote it down. I was raised in the church. I know what the Bible says. I know the word. It's not time to hear a bunch of scripture right now. Are you serious? David saying in, in, in 1, 1993, I will never forget that you have a plan and purpose for my life. And not only that, the purpose and plan has quickened me. The word of God has quickened me. The word of God has made me alive. The word of God has made us alive. And we know in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's John 1, 1 and 1 John 1, 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we know that the word is Jesus Christ. So the word makes us alive. So Christ has made us alive. That's what David said. The word has made us alive. And here's the problem. Now, I wrote it down. Um, the problem is that we want to become alive. We want, we want to get life. We want to get life from other sources and not the word of God. Where the word of God makes us alive. So we're looking for life in other things and other pleasures and, and other creature comforts where God says the, the word of God is what's made you alive. Christ has made you alive. 
And, and then we're so, so frustrated because we're disrespecting the path that God has for us. And we're looking for life in everything but the word of God and looking for life in everything but Christ. Christ said, I've come to give you life and an extraordinary life. God has, has a beautiful plan for our life, but we fight against it and we want to forget the word. And we just want to serve God when it's, when it's good and convenient for us and we don't want to go through anything. That's not scriptural. That's not biblical. We have to go through some things we have to go through. That's why David said it was good when I was humiliated, I was mishandled, and I was disciplined so I could learn that God has a plan and a path for my life. But because before then, I was just operating in ignorant sin and I was astray and I was disconnected from God until it all fell apart. Falling apart is, everything falling apart is part of the plan of God to get you right back where he wants you to be. So here we are in Psalms 119.93 says, I will never forget your, your, the plan and the purpose you have for my life. Put a star by that one too. Don't ever forget. When you're going through and you're meditating and remember God has a purpose and plan for your life. And when you call me and, and I give you some scriptures to encourage me, encourage you, don't tell me, Pastor, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that right now, Pastor. I don't need word right now. Because I beg to differ. That's exactly what you need. We can't forget God's word when it gets tough. It's the only thing we have. That's our foundation. Other than that, you didn't build your, 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 your life on a sandcastle. And it's supposed to fall apart so God can rebuild you and put you on the rock. But don't tell me I don't, Pastor, I, I know the word. I don't, I don't need a bunch of scriptures right now. Well, then you got to live the word so it can transform your life. And you can't just embrace it when things are going well. This has a read this. It says, because you are forgetting and fighting against the purpose and plan God has for your life, it's because your problem is with God, not with people. You want to be selfish and we want to we want to do and I'm speaking for my you and I want to be selfish and do our own thing. We want to get life from other sources than God's word. David said your word has made me alive. Make a note. God's word makes us alive in Christ. Look at verse 97. Psalms 119:97. says, oh, how I love your law and the law being the statutes, the word, the purpose, the plan that God has. For. Family, make a note of that one, too. You got to love God's word. You got to love the, the plan and the purpose. That's part of respecting it. If you respect it, you'll come to love it. The purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. David says, I'm going through life. I'm meditating. I love God. I love you so much. I love your word so much. I love the plan you have for my life so much that as I go through my daily routine, I'm meditating on it because I love it and I respect it that much. Make a note of that family. That's a mature level. That's the level we all want to strive to be on. 
despite what's going on, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows of the path that God has us on. We respect it. We're cheerful. We meditate on it. We delight in it and we respect it. And then God can lead us exactly where he wants us to be. And it's, it's just it gets it gets better. Verse 97, oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day long. It's 10 o'clock and that's what we're going to pick up next week. You don't want to miss it, family. I'm so pumped up, not because of what's going on in the world, but because we have the solution in Jesus Christ. We have the word. Paul and Silas gave the jailer the word. It changed his life. It changed his family's life. Not opinions, not suggestions, not CNN, not Fox News, not a, not a uh, Republican or a Democrat, but the word of God, not the color of somebody's skin, but the word of God is what gives us life. That's why we got to give them the word. It's what transforms lives. God, thank you for your word. And next week, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. We just keep getting deeper and deeper in God's word. Because they gave him the word. We go deep in the word. And as, the, as I go deeper and deeper, and as you see, it's talking specifically, the entire Bible is the word of God. But we're talking the specific word of God and what it means. And the purpose and plan that there's that's in this word for your life. And so as we keep digging, I don't know when we're going to stop because it keeps taking me deeper into how beautiful the word of God is. Family, that's all I have to give to you. Can't give you opinions and suggestions. And thoughts. This is this is it. This is the word. This is what transforms lives. So you don't want to miss next weekend. Uh, I'm not I'm not playing. I got notes on my notes. I got so much more. I'm so excited. I wish I could give it to you now. But the grace of God, if it allows us to meet next week, um, it'll be just as much just as powerful as it is today because it's the word of God and it's been established in heaven. It is power. It is life. It is light. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We love you. So thankful for your word this morning, Lord, that we can be cheerful in your word, Lord. We can delight, and respect, meditate in your word. God, forgive us for trying to create our own path. Forgive us, Lord, for disrespecting the path that you have for us and fighting against you and then taking it out on other people. God, forgive us. And then let us go and ask forgiveness for those that we just lashed out on, not because of them, but because we don't want to line up with God's word and the path that he has for us. And we don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to deny ourselves. We don't want to pick up our cross and follow Christ. So we take it out on others and make other people our problem, whereas really our problem is with respecting the path and respecting God and the path that he has for us. So we disrespect people. So we ask for your forgiveness. 
And we're going to have to forgive others and ask them to forgive us as well. For being out of position, God, but we thank you for your word, this treasure map, this blueprint, this light, this power that transforms lives. So we're asking, Lord, continue to transform our life through the power of the word. Thank you on this journey. <laughs> the way, the journey, the path, the road, the manner, and the direction that you have us on. God, we'll embrace it and we won't fight against it. Lead our way, Lord, and we'll follow. Help us to meditate daily so we can, and all day, not just daily, but all day, so we can always be in lock step with you. We thank you, we love you, and we bless you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I've, um, I need to start a whole new journey, and I've never um, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the first step of the journey. You can't do it alone. Many people have tried. It's frustrating. And you live a defeated lifestyle. And then you get caught up in stuff that's not even um, God doesn't have for your path because you're not connected to God. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's your first step to getting on that journey and that path and the way that God has for you. And look what Christ said in, in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our bridge back to God. We were separated from God because of our sin. Christ died, resurrected shed his blood for us and that reconnects us to Christ says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and all we have to do is cry out call upon the name of the Lord ask Christ into our heart then we're rescued and then we can start on the path that God has for us and it's already written in the word so you say pastor how do I do that it's, it's easy you just repeat these words into your heart you don't have to say them out loud but just say them in your heart Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart and to my life. I want to embrace the road that you have for me. I, I, I don't want to disrespect. I want to stop disrespecting the journey that you have for me. I want to embrace it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be empowered to live for you. Lord, give me your wisdom daily so I can live a victorious life in Christ. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive you into my heart as my, my Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And that's just a sincere prayer. And if you just prayed that prayer and you say, well, Pastor, what's my next steps? Please email me, life at southbayalc.com. I'll give you scriptures. I'll give you a plan and a program so you can draw closer to God each day. And then you discover the path that God has for you. Um, in addition to that, if anyone else has any prayer requests, please uh, email them to life at southbayalc.com and give us the privilege of praying for you.
Wednesday night, we have Bible study, 2 Samuel chapter 22. And, um, and that's when we meet and we, we get in the word and we, it's more of a group study uh, where I'm leading it, but there's other uh, people uh, sharing and we're just learning so much from each other and from God's word. It's just building us up. And by Wednesday, the world, <laughs> you'd be surprised how much happens from Sunday to Wednesday. And uh, you, you want to be a part of the Bible study just to get your, your mind and your heart back in biblical perspective. So that's Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. It's on our website, the, the links and everything. Um, uh, www.southbayalc.com. And then I want to thank you once again for your giving. Uh, it's just been a true blessing. And that allows us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. <clears throat> At our members meeting uh, last Sunday, we had our missionaries uh, <clears throat> from the different parts of the, the country that we support. And uh, you, you'll be pleased to know that you're giving. It's, I think it's, we're in one of the ministries, we're in what, 156 countries sharing the gospel. Can, can you believe that just from here and us supporting a ministry um, out of Tennessee, it's reached 100 and 56 countries with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ changing lives. And so when you give, just know that it's, uh, we're being good stewards over everything that you give and we're getting the good news of the gospel out and we're so pleased with that. So just wanna say thank you for your giving. And then for uh, the members, Sunday, fun day tonight at five. Uh, of course, you know, pastor is, as always, is on his best behavior. So come for the food, fun, and fellowship. Foods at your own house, the fun and the fellowship will be provided via Zoom. Be a good, good opportunity for us to catch up and just fellowship and just, um, just remind us that God is with us. God has us on the path. And it's a beautiful journey. As David said, let's rejoice in the journey that God has us on individually and corporately. So uh, family, Wednesday night, look forward to seeing you. Then I look forward to seeing you next Sunday as well. And we're going to continue in the word. It is just so powerful. And I'm so thankful and grateful to share it with you. Lord, we thank you that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. Thank you for the abundant life that we have in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Love you, family, South Bay Abundant Life Church family, Facebook Live family, Zoom family. I love you and I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you next week.